0: Welcome to the Cross Lane Podcast, a community committed to bringing people to Jesus. We're in this series, Word to the Wise. If this series had a subtitle, the subtitle would be the question that answers just about everything. And I cannot even begin to tell you how many people have sent me a note. I've had people walk up to me this morning. I've had a great conversation with someone I haven't even talked to all that much, she came up to me, she said, I just want to thank you for this series. She said, I, this could not have come at a better time for me in my life. She said, I've been waiting for God to speak to me about something. And she said, this series has absolutely done that. I mean, I've heard that, something like that several times in the last several weeks. And uh, uh, you know, my answer to that is always the same. It's not because I know what I'm doing. God, I could get up here and say, hickory dickory dock. And God will interpret, it, interpret that for you and let you hear that however you need to hear it. Um, so that's not me, that's Jesus doing something for us. But uh, man, has this been a good series so far. We've got uh, today and then three more weeks. You're, you know, This question that we've been asking, you're probably gonna get tired of hearing the question by the time we get done with it because you're gonna hear it so much, you're just gonna probably say it in your sleep. But that's exactly what we want. This is one of the most important questions you can ask yourself at every invitation, at every opportunity, every decision that you have to make, big decision, this needs to be the question that you ask. We, we think that this will reduce tears, this will reduce fears, this will reduce stress, this will probably save you money, it'll probably save you some time, it will absolutely save you some regret somewhere along the way. And the question that we're, we're encouraging you to ask at every big decision is, what is the wise thing to do? So if you, know, if you just thought about the wisest person you know in your life, who is that person that, that their marriage looks good, their, you know, their finances seem to be in shape, they, they, they seem to walk with God, everything, you look at them and you're like, man, I wish I had that life. Well, probably the reason you're thinking that is because they're wise and they're making wise decisions. What is the wise thing to do? And in week one, we teased this out. And basically what we said was, in light of my past experience, in in, in light of my current circumstances, in light of what my future hopes and dreams are and where I hope to be someday, what is the wise thing for me to do? So in other words, my past is my past. It's not yours. Yours is different than mine. You may be able to do some things that I just shouldn't do because my past is different than your past and or maybe I can do something that you shouldn't do simply because your past is your past. Your current circumstances, (laughs) your your current stage of life is yours and all of us are in different realities this morning and what might be okay for one probably isn't a great idea for another. You know, One person might not have any debt, has a little extra money and could go afford a, a different car. If you've got lots and lots of debt, probably the last thing you need to be doing is investing in a brand new car. You know, it's just, it depends on what our circumstances are as to what kind of things become wise for us to do. And then, of course, in light of my future hopes and dreams, where I want to be, uh, you know, a year, two years, 10 years from now, a good friend of mine walked up to me, he's, he's a little older, and he said, Brett, you, you talked about where I want to be in 20 years. He said, I just hope I'm alive in 20 years. And said, yeah, I'm with you. I get it. Um, not what is the right thing to do although that's a good question (laughs) not what is the legal thing to do this is a way better question than what's the legal thing to do not what is the least I can get by with okay hopefully we left that kind of mentality and that kind of thinking when we left middle school and junior high school what is the wise thing to do and we've been giving you homework in this series we just haven't ask you to do a whole lot other than just ask the question. You don't even have to take action on it, just ask the question. Uh, At every invitation, at every opportunity, every big decision that you have to make, you owe it to yourself to know the answer, and in most cases, you are going to know the answer almost as soon as the question comes out of your mouth. What's the wise thing to do? Oh, that's the wise thing to do. Then the question is, are you gonna do that, or are you gonna go the complete opposite direction, which is what some people do, which just boggles my mind. So beginning today and for the next two weeks, we're going to tackle two subjects that, that really are at the core of who we are as humans and what we go through on a pretty regular basis. Um, next week, before we get into this week, next week, if you've got younger kids, I really need you to probably put them in our, we, we create some spaces for younger kids here. Uh, that's probably where they should be next week due to the subject matter. If you've got teenagers, we should probably have them right down here on the front row. Uh, if you're a college student, don't miss next week, okay? If you're a college student, you should be here next week. Um, going to be a little spicy next week, okay? We're going to see if Brett can, can talk about what he needs to talk about and not lose his job. That's going to be fun, right? Might, uh, might take odds on that at some point. But today, we're going to talk about time. Time. What are we doing with our time, wise use of our time. The Old Testament, Job said this, a person's days are determined. You have decreed the number of his months and have set limits he cannot exceed. So Job believed that there was a, a, a that God had set a time on everybody's life, that, that he's the one that gives you your days and, and that when they're up, they're up. Now you may or may not believe that, but here's what we all know, and I think we can all agree on, our time is running out. Right? We're not going to live forever. We all have a limited amount of time, which means we can overeat, we can overspend, we can overachieve, but the one thing we cannot do is we cannot overlive. You're not going to overlive your days. At some point, time runs out, which means for, for far more important than asking uh, the question, what time is it, or you know, thinking about what time it is. Is what are you doing with the time that you have left? Your time is one of the most valuable assets you have. It is a commodity that it, it should be very precious to you because it's, it's not something that you can make more of. You can make more friends. You can make more money. You cannot make more time. You can count money. You can count friends. You can count relationships. You cannot count how much time. You have left. So if ever there was an area where we need to be asking the question, what is the wise thing to do? It should be in the area of our time because the most valuable thing you have is time and it is limited. And most of us are already old enough to be able to look back on certain seasons of our life and think to ourselves, man, I wasted so much time there. Why did... Why did I waste so much time on that? Why did I waste so much time with her? Why did I waste so much time with that? Why did I waste so much time with with him? So going forward, I want you to begin asking the question, in light of my past experience, in light of my current circumstances, in light of where I hope to be someday, what is the wise thing to do? It should become really important as you try to figure out how to spend your time. Uh Uh-oh. Sounds like my time might be up. So today, I want to give you four observations about time. And I don't think these are new or groundbreaking. I don't, I'm not going to say these and you're going to go, man, he's just so profound. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, you're not probably going to say, oh, man, I didn't know that. That's not what I expect to happen. Th- these are just quick observations about time that underscore the importance of asking questions as it relates to our time. And if you're here and you're not a Christian, if you're here and you're, you're not a, a Jesus follower, you're, maybe you would describe yourself as a skeptic. First thing I want you to know is you honor us today with your presence. We are really, really glad you're here. We don't look down our noses at you. We don't look at you as the enemy. You are among friends. You are welcome here, okay? And, and I hope that you have been sufficiently welcomed and feel very uh, warm and welcome as you come into our place. But. Um, What I want you to see is you may not be a Christian, but what we're going to talk about today has application for you. And it has application, it comes directly from Scripture, which should show you that Scripture, even if you don't believe it, even if you don't believe in Jesus, even if you don't believe there's a God, this thing that we call the Bible has a lot of nuggets in there that are really good for just living life a better way. And so I just would point that out to you. If you are a Christian this morning if you're a Jesus follower and you really believe that God has something to do with your life and you consider him your heavenly father, and, and then this becomes personal for you. I would even say this is mandatory for those of us who are Christians. Christians believe that every good and perfect gift comes from the heavenly father. And, and Christians believe that our time is an opportunity. It's a stewardship. That, that God gives us certain things in life that are precious things and they are given to us to kind of shepherd and to to steward and to to watch over and to manage. And one of the things that you've been given to handle and manage is your time. And your time is equal to life. In fact, I almost put a slide up there that said time equals life. So here are four observations that kind of get us all moving in the same direction. Uh, Four things that we know about time that... it's possible that we even choose to ignore, okay? So here's the first one. Investing small amounts of time over time is cumulative. Cumulative. Another word that you might put there is the word summative. What do I mean by that? I mean, if you exercise every day for 30 minutes, over time, that's, that adds up. Over time, you're going to see a difference in yourself, in your... Uh, You know your ability to breathe, your ability to move, your flexibility, things like that. The more you work out over time, you do that. It's summative. It's going to add up to something really good for you in your life. If you have dinner consistently with your kids around a table, and you do that three, four, five nights a week, if that's a regular habit in your life, here's what I can tell you. You are going to be closer to your kids. Your kids are probably going to be better off There's going to be better relationship than if you don't do that. It's summative. It's cumulative. It adds up. It makes a difference. You you get consistent about that. You show me kids that have done that with their parents around a table and show me kids that aren't. It's pretty easy to tell who has and who hasn't. If you have a quiet time and you do that quiet time, a little bit of time over time every day, that's going to start to show up in your life. I have some really good friends who, when they were younger, did not practice that but they have practiced spending time with God over time, and I have, with my own eyes, watched a metamorphosis happen in their life. They are different people because God has changed them over time as they have spent time with God little by little by little. It's cumulative. It's summative. Adding, uh, you know, Attending one small group meeting isn't gonna change a whole lot. Attending one church service Probably isn't going to change a whole lot. Although I know people who have had their lives changed radically By going to church one time it changed everything For them but but over time things build up But there is no benefit in one installment and there's generally no consequence in missing one time That's why it's so easy to talk you out of exercising right because it's pretty easy to miss one time Somebody comes along and says hey, I've got tickets to the concert you want to go. You look at your schedule and you're like, well, I'm supposed to work out, but the concert sounds pretty good. I can miss one. And so you take off. You say to yourself, well, missing one's not going to make any difference. And you're right. Missing one installment of something won't necessarily make a difference. Making one installment of something doesn't make the difference. What do I mean by that? You ever ever decided that you were going to go, you know, it hadn't worked out in forever. You decide that you're going to, you're going to go to the gym and you're going to work out. So you, you do that and you, you hit all the machines. And when you walk out, you, you, know, you walk with your hands out here like this. You ever done that? You, just, you can feel all the blood just coursing through your body. You just know everything's bigger because you've worked out. Here's what I can tell you. Nobody's going to walk up to you and go, man, you've been working out. Not after one time. The only person that knows you've been working out after you work out one time is you, right? You're the only one one installment of exercise doesn't make the difference it's consistent deposits over time in the key areas of life in those single it is those single constant deposits of time cumulative summative that make the difference here's the second observation neglect is cumulative as well if you neglect your marriage if you neglect your kids if you neglect your Your spiritual life. If you neglect going to church and you stop going to church, that has a cumulative effect as well. In fact, I would say it like this the problem is, neglect is easy, neglect is costly. When we choose to neglect what is important over time, it's going to cost us. If you think investing in your health is time consuming, Wait until the cumulative effects of neglect show up and it starts to limit you. And then you think to yourself, boy, I wish I'd done something about this. At the same time, if you neglect your spiritual health, if you neglect your, your, your physical life and your spiritual life, if you get too busy for God, too busy for church, if you um, get too busy to read your Bible, uh, and then suddenly a crisis comes and God feels far away from you. You're like, "What happened? Where, where did God go?" Well, here, I heard this a long time ago. never forgot it. If you look up and God move, and God is far away, guess who moved. God didn't go anywhere. We go somewhere, right? We're the ones that drift off. We're the ones that allow ourselves to get into a stream of some kind and get carried away from God. It's, it's always easier to neglect, but it's always costly. Number three, random has no cumulative value. There is no cumulative value in the random things we opt for over what is most important. If you put um, consistency in one hand, let's, let's just say the consistency of working out, and you work out every day at the, for the same amount of time and you do that over time, at the end of it, you're gonna have something to show for that, however, if you work out just once in a while, sporadically, and then you, you, every now and then you do something other than that. Let's say you mow the grass, or you take a nap, or you play with the dog. You, you can look on this hand if you do this consistently and sh- have something to show for it. Over here, if you've got random in this hand, and I say, what do you have to show for that? You would say, nothing. I have nothing to show for that. Just a, a bunch of randomness that doesn't really add up to anything. Well, what did you do instead of exercise? I slept in. Well, what what do you have to show for that? Nothing. Nothing. Put everything in a pile that you did instead of working out and what do you have? Probably nothing. What do you do with all those nights instead of having dinner with your kids? Well, you know, I worked late, I played golf, I you know, I, I polished the car. Okay, what does that really add up to relative to spending time with your kids? Well, probably nothing. It adds up to nothing, and when you add up random, random equals nothing. When you add up random, what you get is just random. It's just like, uh, doesn't really say a whole lot. So when it comes to a wise use of our time, it is really important because small deposits of time over time in the important things is cumulative. It adds up. If you want to be a great musical uh, person, um, (laughs) let's just take guitar. A year ago, I decided I was going to learn how to play the guitar. Okay, that, that should have made you laugh right there. That, that by itself should have made you, Brett's <laughs> going to play the guitar. Because here's what I can tell you. My son Bennett is a guitar player, and he has the gift of music. Do you know what I mean when I say the gift of music? I'm not saying that it comes easy for him, but it comes easy for him. It just seems to, I mean, we gave that kid a guitar on a Sunday morning Uh, for Easter one year, and by six o'clock that night, we came home from church that day, by six o'clock that night, he came out playing Johnny Cash Walk the Line, all right? That's the gift. God did not give Brett the gift of music. If Brett's gonna be able to play the guitar, here's what's gonna have to happen. So a year ago, this is what happened. I got my guitar, love my guitar, played it every day. Had an instructor online, I was doing the whole thing, playing every day, I was getting better, I was learning things. It didn't feel like I was learning things, but I would play something, and Dee Dee would go, Brett, you could not do that a week ago. Your guitar did not sound like that a week ago. Really? Yes. See, it didn't, I couldn't tell, but she could tell. Then I would play a little longer. You know, maybe, I, I don't like playing in front of her. I don't want, I'm never playing up here, okay? That's never happening. <laughs> But I was, you know, I practiced and my fingers hurt, they bled, I, did all, I went through all that and I was playing one day, about a month had gone by and I played something for her and she said, Brett, I can't believe what I'm hearing. Well, it sounded horrible to me, but then I hit the wall and it got really hard and there was stuff I didn't understand and then I got frustrated and you know what happened? Days started going by where I didn't take the guitar off the stand because it was harder. It just wasn't as easy. See, here's what I know. If I had just stuck with it, if I had just played a little bit every day over time, I would have gotten better. You know, it's interesting. I I was talking, think think about it this way. I was talking to my son Bennett, and if you don't know, my son Bennett is a, he's a professional guitar player. And I, you know, I just, I live my life vicariously through him. He's just, he's, he's, it's just really neat watching what's happening with Bennett. And so whenever I get a chance to talk to him, um, I've got all kinds of questions about the people he's meeting, and you know, just the music business in Nashville, the whole thing. And and one of the questions I asked him about a month ago was, Bennett, how are your chops? You know, how's your are you are you improving as a guitar player? Are you getting better? Because it's important. He, he'd be really good. I said, How are your chops? He said, He said, Dad, I can honestly tell you um, that I am so much better today than I was a year ago. Now. Understand that a year ago, my son was really good at guitar a year ago. When he said that to me, it blew my mind. He's been working, 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 little deposits over time, and he's a much better, those were his words, I'm a much better guitar player today than I was even a year ago. Random isn't cumulative. It doesn't add up to anything. I've done, what are all the things that I did instead of play guitar in the last six months? I can't tell you what they are. I can hold it in my hand and say, I got nothing. Am I a really good guitar player? No. No. I could play you a little song. I can make it, make something, and you'd go, oh, I can kind of hear, I can kind of hear a hymn there if I, you know, if I stick my tongue out and, you know, I kind of hear one. Not Bennett. Not Bennett because he's consistently, over time, done it. When he strums a guitar, it sounds completely different than when I do it. Fourth observation is this. In the areas that matter most, you can't make up for misspent time. This is really important. If you went to college, I would say it to you this way. In areas that matter most, you can't pull an all-nighter. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Pulled an all-nighter in college? Gee whiz, are you kidding me? Um, You went to this class, it was a little more intimidating, a little more serious than you thought it was going to be. You get into it, and you're like, wow, this thing's going to kick my tail. You know, they always told you if you just would study a little bit every day, just study a little bit every day, put a little bit of time in, and at the end, you don't have to stress out. But that's not how most of us attack those things, is it? What most of us do is we don't do that. We, we think, oh, I got this. I got this. And then the final exam comes, and your grade is not what it needs to be. You need a C because you know, what we're after is, what our, our, you know, for those of us who are not um, the ones that study every day, we're the procrastinators. Our motto was C's get degrees, right? That was our motto, C's get degrees. And so we think, well, if I could just get a C, if I can just pass this class. So what we start doing is we, we, we look for old tests. We talk to people that have had this professor. We're looking at classmates' notes. We're cramming. We're doing everything we can because all we need is a C. If we can just get that C, we can graduate. But God made the world to work in such a way that you cannot cram. You cannot pull an all-nighter to make up for the most important things in the most important areas of your life. You can't neglect spending time with your kids their whole childhood and expect when they're grown adults for them to want to spend time with you. You you can't not spend time with your kids and expect them to grow up and have any kind of morals and any kind of compass and any kind of feeling of tradition and and belonging and any of those things. You've got to spend time with them now, okay? Uh, You you can't neglect your wife or your husband. You, you, You need to do... Husbands, you know exactly what your wife needs from you. You know exactly what she needs. Give it to her. Wives, You know exactly what your husband needs. Don't neglect them for a year and then try to make up for it on their birthday. Don't neglect them for a year and try to make up for it on Mother's Day or on Father's Day. That's not going to work. You can't do it that way. That's only going to make it worse for you. You can't cram for your health. You can't cram in a relationship. You can't cram in a marriage. You can't cram with kids. You can't cram with... Friendships you just simply cannot cram it is if it is misspent You cannot go back and you can't make it up in the most important areas of your life This is true of your faith. This is true of intimacy with God It's true of your spiritual growth in every area of your life. You cannot cram. It just doesn't work You cannot do the mega workout. You know what the mega workout is You haven't worked out forever And one day you see somebody walk by and you're like, I'm going to look like that. I am going to look like that. So you go to the gym, right? You go hard. You hit every machine twice, hard. And then you wake up the next morning and what happens? Your whole body says, Brett, you're an idiot, right? You can't lift your arms. You you, you get out of the bed and you got to pick your leg up to make it move, all because you tried to do the mega workout. Listen, that is not how God wired the world to work. We're talking about maturity, and you cannot rush maturity. Maturity takes time. Constant deposits over time. That's just the way the world works. Now, if that is the way the world works, and that's how Christians believe God made the world to work, the most important areas of life, you need small deposits consistently over time, then what would you expect God to say to us on this topic? Well, he says exactly what you would expect him to say. We're going to go back. We're going to look at what we read to begin this series. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time and and paul talks specifically about wisdom with relationship to time because time he understands time equals life time is your most valuable asset your most valuable commodity you don't get any extra when you run out you're out you can't save it up for the future when it's over it's over and he says if you're going to walk wisely and and you're going to be careful how you Live your life, then you're going to be careful. You're going to watch out how you spend your time. Then he adds this little phrase, making the most of your time. I looked that word up this week in Greek. It's a long word. It's a long Greek word. And basically what it means is to redeem, to, to get full value out of. He says, I want you to redeem your time as you consider how much time you have, and you consider what you do with your time, make sure that you are getting full value, that you redeem the days that you have left. Now, let's read the whole thing. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of your time. And did you remember the motivation behind this a couple of weeks ago? He adds this on the end. Because the days are evil. Now Paul is probably referring to, there's probably something specific that he's thinking about for the people that he's writing to. But this really applies to all of us, because if I simply spend my time the way culture would have me spend time, I'm eventually gonna look up and I'm gonna be someplace that I shouldn't be. Now I talked a minute ago about moving away from God. That's how we get there. We just kind of lift our feet up out of culture and we go with the flow and culture takes us away to someplace that we shouldn't be. If I allow my appetites to dictate uh, my life and my time, it's gonna take me to places that I simply should not be. We've all learned this. I will not redeem my time, I'll waste my time. We've all learned that the hard way. Your appetites are not gonna help you. Culture is not gonna help you. Culture will focus you and me on now, not later. Missing one workout, missing one dinner with the kids, one date night, one Bible reading, one day at church, missing one installment over a a long period of time isn't gonna matter all that much. But while that is true, for many, it leads us to destructive habits, and we look back and we wonder how we wasted so much of our time. Not just our time, but our life. While we're here, I want to give you a a definition. When I was a youth pastor, I can't remember where I saw this. I mean, and everything that I teach you, I've learned somewhere else, but I saw this the saying, and when I saw it, I never forgot it, and I've used it in youth ministry my whole life. It's just, it's it's something that I just use sometimes to make decisions, sometimes to motivate myself. I want to define the word uh, discipline for you. Discipline, postponing the immediate to guarantee the ultimate. Isn't that good? Postponing the immediate to guarantee the ultimate. Paul says, be careful. Be careful how you walk, not as unwise. Don't, you know, you could say it doesn't matter. I'll make up for it later. Be careful, Paul says, making the most redeeming every opportunity, redeeming the time. Because after all, if you're not intentional, if you're accidental about this, if you're haphazard about this, you will look back on this stage of life, whatever stage that is, high school, you know, first day of college, first day on the job, first, you know, your engagement, your, your first days in your married life. Early marriage, now you got a couple of kids. Whatever stage you're in, you will eventually look, look back on this time and you're going to think to yourself, why did I waste so much time? What did I do with the time I had? So here's the question. Where do you need to begin making consistent deposits of time? Where is that for you? In light of past experience, where do you need to begin making consistent deposits of time. The truth is, some of us have developed some bad habits. Some of us have racked up some debt. Some of us have uh, damaged some relationships. Some of us are out of shape. Some of us, um, you know, it's been so long since we engaged in some form of spiritual discipline that we wouldn't know spiritual discipline if it came up and smacked us on the mouth, right? We just hadn't done it in so long. In light of where you've been, in light of what's happening, where you want to be in the future, what do you need to do now to change things in the future? Where do you need to begin today making daily deposits? In light of my current circumstances, where do, you, where do I need to begin making consistent deposits of time? Let me say something to those of you who are single. Maybe you're a college student. Um, you're not going to believe this. You're like You're wondering, am I ever going to get married? Am I ever going to have kids? Hopefully one day you're married and you have some kids. That would be just great for you if that's what you want. And, uh, but I'm telling you what's going to happen. One day you're going to look back on these years and you're going to think to yourself, man, what was I doing when I had all that time? I mean, I should have written a book. I should have produced a movie or, you know, uh, solved the world hunger issue or something. I should have done something with the time I had left because I had so much of it. What was, because you're going to get into this point in your life where you feel like, man, I don't have any time. But you'll look back and you'll see places where you had time and you'll think, man, I wasted so much time. In light of my current circumstances, in light of your current season of life, where do you need to begin making consistent deposits of time? What is the wise thing to do? Some of you in here, you've got big plans for your future. What are you doing now to get yourself fixed up spiritually? What are you doing now to get yourself fixed up financially, emotionally? Now is the time to begin to make those moves, what is it that you should start doing now to set you up for your future? What do you need to do? Here's the third aspect of this. In light of my future hopes and dreams, where do you need to begin making consistent deposits of time? We all have a picture of where we want to be someday, right? You may not be somebody who writes things down, writes your your uh, you know your goals down, um, but you. If I were to ask you, you know what. What does ne- the next five years look like? Where, do you have a goal? Is there something you want to achieve? Is there something you hope happens in the next five, ten years? We, we probably all have something like that, relationally, spiritually, financially, something to do with our health. In light of those dreams, where do you need to begin making constant deposits of time? So we string this all together. It sounds like this. In light of your past experience, current circumstances, and future hopes and dreams, Where do you need to begin making consistent deposits of time? Physically, relationally, professionally, spiritually. Now, really, most of this is about the future, because you can't really do much about the past. We just have the future in front of us, okay? So, for some of us, and, and I would be in that some of us group, I'm old enough to be able to look back and see the consequences of not having done this. There are some places I'm able to look back and see the consequences of having done that. Some some areas of my life, I've been really good about it. Other areas of my life, I have not. There's something that I do every Wednesday at noon, and it's one of the best things I've ever done in my life. Every Wednesday at noon, I have lunch with my son, Tanner. Very seldom miss that. Tanner is almost 30 years old. He's my middle child um he i've got three kids they're they're all pretty smart kids i'm proud of them if i was totally honest if i had to pick one that i think is the smartest it's probably tanner but tanner's the one that's a little withdrawn a little different um relationally just kind of he's he's not a not a hugger okay tanner's not a hugger i hug him in public it just mortifies him but i do it anyway um and i you know i started this about three years ago, I just started consistently having lunch with Tanner, and at the beginning, I think he probably didn't want to do it. Probably doing it every week was a little too much for him. Um, but I need to be able to sit down and look him in the eye, right i need to I need to look in there and make sure my son's okay i need I need to check in. I need a heart check i need I need to touch that kid. I need to wrap my arms around him, tell him I love him I need to do all those things one day. <laughs> we were at i think we were at jimmy john's and i was paying for for lunch and it's every week i mean it's we go someplace nice and if you eat out these days it's expensive and he looked down and he saw what i was paying for lunch for the two of us and it was pretty expensive i eat a lot just by myself that wasn't meant to be funny but it's funny (laughs) and He looked at what I was paying, and right there at the counter, he said, Dad, we do this every week, and you pay this every week. He said, why do you do this? Why why do we do this every week? Notice he didn't volunteer to pay. (laughs) I said, Tanner, I love you. You're the most important thing in the world to me. There's nothing I love better than spending time with you. I love to talk to you. I love to hear what's going on in your life. I love to know what your thoughts are. And I want you to know that whenever life gets hard, and son, life is going to get hard, I need you to know I'm here. I'm not running. I'm not going anywhere. I'm right here for you. You need to know that whatever happens in your life, you can come to me and I'm going to walk through it with you. I love you. Do you understand that? And here's what I can tell you. My relationship with Tanner is so much better after three years of consistent lunches with Tanner. Some days he comes in, he's mad at the world. He says things I don't like. He uses words I don't like. he's, He's a person that I don't necessarily like, and I just sit there and love on him and try to speak his love language. Sometimes he comes in, he's happy, he's excited, something good's happened, and I celebrate, and the whole time I'm just praying, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this kid. And thank you for the time. And thank you that he's mine. And so I can tell you with great certainty that one of the best things I've done with my time over the last three years is consistently have time for Tanner to be able to sit down and say, son, I love you. We get up, we finish our dinner, we head to our separate cars, and I give him a big hug. Say, boy, I love you. You cannot cram for relationship. You cannot cram spirituality. You cannot cram spiritual maturity or physical health. Maturity takes time. It takes consistent deposits of time over time And now is the time to begin that. So as I've talked this morning, half these things you probably knew, maybe there was one that you thought, well, I hadn't thought about it like that. Where do you need to begin? Where do you need to begin making consistent deposits of time over time so that something in your life changes? Those of you with small children, I'm giving you a gift right now, okay? Nobody ever said this to me, or if they did, I didn't hear it. So wake up, okay? consistent deposits of time over time with your kids is going to make a difference, all right? In light of my past experience, in light of my current circumstance, in light of where I want to be or want my kids to be someday, what do I need to be doing? Where do I need to begin to make small deposits of time over time? You probably know the answer to that question even before you ask it, you can ask the question, you may stop short, you may say, Brett, I'm just not going to do that. Okay, then if you're not going to do it, if you, here's what I can tell you. If you know what is the wise thing to do and you just decide, I'm not doing that, James 4.17 says this, to him who knows what is right and doesn't do it, to him it is sin. For you to know what is the wise thing to do and say, well, I know that's the wise thing to do, but I'm not going to do that. Here's really what you're saying. It means that you do not have your own best interests in mind. And here's the question I have for you. If you don't have your best interests in mind, who do you think does? I say this to people every now and then in counseling. It sounds harsh. I don't mean it to sound harsh, but it's true. Nobody else cares about you. You better care about you. You better make decisions that are going to better your life because everybody else is doing their life. They're all doing their thing. They're all focused on them. And at the end of the day, yes, do we care for one another? We do. But at the end of the day, we are responsible for us. And for you to know what is the right thing to do and to not do it, to know what's the wise thing in your life and to not do it, come on. We're better than that. Ephesians 5, therefore, be careful how you walk. With all that in mind, be careful how you live. Not as unwise men. Unwise takes no effort. Uh, there's, there's, no, there's nothing good that comes out of unwise decisions, but there is a heavy, heavy price to pay. Being unwise is costly. Not as unwise men, but as wise. Making the most of your time. And if you do, you will look back at this season of your life, at this stage of your life, and you will be so glad you decided to make some small deposits of time over time that have made a difference in your life. With, when you ask the question, with my past in mind, with my current circumstances in mind, with my future in mind, what is the wise thing for me to do relative to my time? I hope that's been helpful for you. Let's, uh, let's bow and let's ask God to bless us. Father, it is true that time is one of the most precious things we have I've hugged a lot of people who have lost people that they thought they had more time with. We fool ourselves into thinking that we have so much more time left, and the truth of the matter, God, is that we don't know how much time we have left. We don't know how much time with our family, we don't know how much time we have with our church friends, we don't know how much time we have from a health perspective. And we need to be wiser. So as we ask this question, Lord, I pray that you would just make it crystal clear. And I pray that you would not allow us to just look the other way, but that we would take the necessary action to be the kind of person you want us to be. In the meantime, Father, we confess our need for you every single day. We need you and we love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name, all God's people said.